Can we all hear me? Hi. Um, I realize that there may be some of you who um, you're, I'm saying bye to, but you don't really know who I am. Um, so just to introduce myself, uh, I'm Stephanie, as, as Pastor Bill shared, and um, today is my last Sunday at Cornerstone, um, but still I, I want to say hello and, um, and thank you for being here and just being, being part of this church community. Um, so yeah, um, as you know, I'm leaving Cornerstone, um, and I'm leaving to move to New York and, and get married, as Pastor Bill said, and, um, yeah, I, I first visited Cornerstone in 2014, and I've been actively involved for, I think, seven years now, and, wow, my time at Cornerstone has been so precious, and, Today, I was given permission to end that precious time by preaching on whatever God put on my heart to share with you all today. So um, the staff encouraged me to share about something that I've learned about God during my time at Cornerstone. Um, and I thought about it and I realized um, it's a really big prompt. It's a really big question. What have I learned about God during my time at Cornerstone? Cornerstone um, was actually the place that I came to know Jesus, and my life transformed radically. It's the first church I've ever been to in my life, and the first that I've invested into so deeply. I didn't grow up in the church, so it's actually the first place that I really interacted with Christian people and got to know you all. And it's the church where I met my fiancé and met my lifelong friends who I've walked with through the years. So what haven't I learned about God here? There are so many things that I could share and so many ways that God has changed my life and illuminated more of who he is and what he desires for me, for us, and this world. There's too much to say. But if I were to summarize what I've learned these past seven years, it is that through knowing God, I came to know real love. So um, my guilty pleasure is reality dating shows. Um, and I've recently been sucked into one on Netflix called Love is Blind. If you haven't watched it, they have two seasons. It's great. You have to watch it. Um, I think I watched all of season two in like one day. So, so it's great. But um, why it's great is it's kind of crazy. Like the premise of the show is that people date for 10 days in those little box looking things. And they have to try to find their future spouse without being able to see one another. And they can only talk to each other through a wall. And so within those 10 days of talking through a wall, they have to decide whether they want to marry each other or not. And then they get to see each other for the first time, which is why it's crazy. Um, like I'm getting married in a few months and I can't imagine um, my fiance proposing to me before seeing me. And I also, um, I don't know if it's bad, but I also can't really imagine saying yes before seeing him. 
Um, so this show really, um, really gets at all of um, the crazy that I need in my life. But as crazy as it is, um, most of the people have come on to this show because of previous negative dating experiences or unsuccessful t- attempts at finding love. The show gives them hope that um, they can find real love that goes beyond the superficial. Each person has his or her own criterias of what makes up real love for them, such as someone who accepts them um, no matter what they look like or what they do for work or someone they can just have deep and real conversations with. And when I watch the show, I realize that I also have my own criterias. I'll root for one couple or judge another or determine that they shouldn't get married or they should um, because I've determined what genuine real love looks like. Because, see, there's a difference between real and not real or just love. We might have our own ways of defining what qualifies as real, just like the participants of the show, but I'd argue that everyone wants real love. Everyone hopes that the love they have with someone, be it your significant other, your friend, your parent, your child, that the love is real and it's deep. There's an implicit desire in the certainty and the quality and the nature of the love that we have with someone. And we know that real love isn't just a feeling. Real love looks like something, whether it's a shared connection, a selfless act, or someone not caring what you look like. And so the passage we're going to look at today is all about real love. And it's a passage that shaped me and continues to direct me in how I want to live out my life as a follower of Christ. Um, And in 1 John, the chapter that we'll be looking at, the Apostle John shows us what real love looks like, and he invites us into it. Because when you've found and you identified real love, you don't just sit back and let it pass you by. You search and you dive into it and you respond with a love of your own. And this is what the Apostle John invites us into, into this passage. So then, here is God's word from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And you can read along with me up on the screen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So in just these few verses, the word love is used 13 times. 
So for the Apostle John, to love was absolutely foundational to be a Christian. And throughout this letter, he repeats two commandments as the most important. One, to believe in Jesus Christ, and two, to love one another. And this love, the love that the Apostle John wants us to show one another, it's a very particular kind of love. It's what he would say is real love. Verses 7 and 8 read, For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Real love is from God. And if we want to know what love is, John is saying to us, we need to look at God. And one thing to note is that the Apostle John is writing to believers in this letter. So they already or should already know this about God. It's, it's old news almost. So why is the Apostle John telling them something that they already know? Why does anyone tell you something you already know? It's because he wants to remind them. Remind them that only the love of God is real love not what they think it should be or what they see modeled in the world. Real love is the love of God. And the love we have, as I mentioned, is a very particular kind of love. It originates from a holy and unique God. And so what this means is that we can't make up our own minds about what love is, just like how we can't make up our own minds about who God is. Our culture, our opinions, feelings, expectations, and desires, things rooted in the world and from human nature, they can't dictate what love should be. They may sometimes give a glimpse, like an image in a mirror, but it's still just a version of the real thing. God is love. So we only look to God for the full picture of what love truly is and should be. We Christians living our faith out in the world, we also need to be reminded of this. Because these two things, human opinion and God, are so opposed sometimes and often love based on human effort, human opinion, and ultimately human brokenness seems like it's the kind of love we want. It's easy for us to believe that this kind of love is real love. That the love we receive from others or we're told we ought to receive is all that's possible. But that is, at best, just a fragment of what love is. And at worst, it's not love at all. Before I learned about God those seven years ago, I had experienced love from others, and um, I've experienced some types of love that wounded me and made me feel small. And it didn't quite feel like what love should be, but around me I saw so many others being loved in similar ways. So I thought, maybe this is just what love is like. It's really awesome sometimes, and it hurts other times. It's just, it's just what love is. And maybe some of you here might relate to that. And you've also been hurt by what others have called love. But the test of real love is, does it look like God? Is it faithful? Is it patient, kind, merciful, 
forgiving. The Apostle John says to us, we who know what is good and know God, don't be fooled. Know and remember that real love is the love of God. And in case we forget what it looks like or what it should be like, we can look back and recall the specific moment we ourselves experienced it and what love looks like. Our moment of deepest love is in Jesus Christ. God demonstrated love in full through the sending of his only son into the world so that it would be made new. We just sang about that, right? By this, we know what real love looks like, how big it is, how deep, how wide, how unlike anything else, and how much more than we would have dared imagine for ourselves. Like the Apostle John, we're witnesses to what the love of God looks like, and we can point to the cross and say, yes, by this I know what real love is. We know this as Christians, and if we've forgotten, then we're reminded this is real love. This is the love of God. It's unconditional, unmerited on our end, but still generous and gracious, and it's more than just affection and acceptance. It's marked by self-sacrifice. It's hopeful, redeeming, and it is active. It's a love that shows up and goes beyond what we could have expected or deserved. This is the love that I experienced for the first time in full at Cornerstone all those years ago, and it's changed my life forever and how I think about loving others. Because we need to be reminded and we need to know deeply what real love is because we're not just witnesses to God's love, but we're participants also. We see through Christ on the cross that real love is characterized by action and it's made real by action. And so our love must also be His action produces our own action. God has loved us and shown us exactly what real love looks like, and he invites us to be a part of it. So, beloved, let us love one another. This is the invitation in this passage. This is the invitation of Christ. Knowing real love leads to showing real love. And our love for one another, it needs to look like God's love. Our love is more than affection, and it's not guided by human effort, and our love is not passive. Showing real love is not just telling someone you'll pray for them, but praying together and calling them up to ask how they're doing. It's speaking truth into someone's life, even if it makes you uncomfortable or you might risk their anger. It's asking for forgiveness and changing your ways when you've wronged or hurt someone intentionally or not. Showing real love is showing up, even if that person didn't show up for you the last time you needed them. And it is grieving together, though we might prefer not to dwell on sadness or bad things, or we just might not know what to say. The world might not love like this or as we do, but this is what the love of God looks like. 
And if I'm being honest, I felt like I haven't seen much of this kind of love in the past few years in my life. I would look at the world, which seems full of hate, or at my own life that increasingly ran dry of meaningful interactions with other people. Even in the past few weeks, we've seen the threat of war. We've seen the death of Asian sisters at the hands of hate. We've seen trans children and their parents facing discrimination and possible separation in Texas. And all of this hate, this excess of sorrow, it weighs heavy and it eventually slows my reactions to them. And in my personal life, I couldn't see my friends during the toughest years of my life, the toughest years of maybe everyone's life here. And over time, every personal interaction just took so much out of me. Without regular displays of love, the hate weighs heavier. And I started to forget what a life of love felt like. But now reflecting on my seven years here, I remember how rich my life felt when I loved others sacrificially. When I received their care, when I participated in community, did all those things Pastor Bill mentioned, when I gave up my time and my energy for the sake of something good, and how much I learned about God through it all, and how much I saw him in everything, even the terrible things. And I think back and I miss that richness. Comparatively, like if that's 3D life, right now life feels kind of 2D. And as I prepare to leave Cornerstone, I'm resolved to not let myself slip deeper into that forgetfulness. And I need to reintroduce reminders of God's active love into my life. And if you've been feeling a similar way, I want to encourage you, beloved, to love. It sounds simple, but that's, that's the encouragement. I want to encourage you to forgive to repent, engage, invest into relationships that that have gone stale. I want you to give to others and pray. Put the time and energy that you have been saving into showing love. Find ways to serve others at church. There's a retreat coming up as we just shared. Go and make a connection with someone that you don't know. Or maybe reestablish a connection with someone you haven't seen in person for a while. And you'll find that in showing love, you'll be reminded of how you are loved by the one who most loves you. And it's not about quantity. The Apostle John simply tells us to love one another. And so today I invite you to reflect on what that might mean for your life and what it means for your life now to make those changes and to take one step towards loving someone in the way that God would. When we show real love to one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And in the New Living Translation, verse 12 is translated as Um, His love is brought to full expression in us. 
It's not that God's love is incomplete in any way, but when we respond to God's love by showing love, one commentary says that God's already pristine love finds its fullest possible earthly expression as people respond to the message of Christ and reach out to one another as a result. God's love was made known to us through Jesus. And through us, God's love, real love, continues to be made known to the world. And what's more, when you love, God lives in you, and his love continues to be made known to you. Have you ever had something that's just so good that you can't keep it to yourself and you need to share it with others? Maybe it's a food that's just so good, um, an app that you use that's changed your life, a new game or TV show that you're obsessed with, like Love is Blind. And there's something about finding something so good that excites you, that motivates us to want to share it with others. You're able to enjoy it with more people by doing that. And sometimes you learn more about it through them than you would have on your own. The real love of God is the same way. When you show real love to others, we experience more joy as more people see and experience the love of God. And what you and I have as believers is a genuine, deep, real love. But there's more love to be had. God wants you to have that same kind of love with more people. And he wants more people to know and experience real love. So by our love for one another, we reveal that we know God and that we too are loved with the deepest love possible. And the world desperately needs more of this kind of revelation. I think this is pretty clear. If I could leave you with anything or impart any wisdom that I've gathered during my time at Cornerstone, it's this. There is no love like the love of God. And the love of God is real, meaning that it's tangible, evident in every single person here and the ways that we can interact with one another. And this love changes people and it sets people free. That's, that's what it did for me right here amongst these people. And this love, it comes alive within the body of Christ, the church, this church. And the love that I've received here at Cornerstone from God's people has moved me. It's built me up when I was broken. It's upturned lies for truths. And it's inspired me to become a more generous, patient person because I've met generous, patient people here. And so if you too have also known God's true redeeming love, dear friends, show it to others. You don't have to be a preacher or have a microphone to proclaim it. Do it by reminding yourself and others through action of the sweetest love you've ever known. If you know God's real love, you must show God's real love to one another. Love as God does, unceasingly, actively, indiscriminately, and redemptively. There's no formula to that. But I think when we forget or we have a question, we can look 
to God and we can look to Christ to know more about what real love should look like in our lives. Will you bow in, head, uh, bow in prayer with me? Sovereign and loving God, just want to thank you for this church and the many iterations that you have brought it through. And I'm so grateful that I've gotten to be part of years of it. Lord, I just ask you to bless these people, bless this church. What cornerstone and the people of it be known because they know you. Would each person here and who they represent, the hundreds of others, the families, the schools, the workplaces, the friends, the children, the parents, the loved ones, would they all be touched by the people here and the love that they have for them? Lord, in the ways that it's been hard to love, in the ways that maybe we feel resistant to the call, would you minister to us? Would you remind us continually of what your love looks like and what it feels like? And would you empower us to be a people who love differently, who live differently in Jesus' name? for your glory and for others' good. God, we've seen a lot of things throughout the years, but in our life, may we see increasing reminders and tangible evidence of your love and how you have and always will be working in this world. And Lord, so until we see each other again, I ask you to grow and build up and comfort and minister and bless the people here, that we might one day be reunited again and tell of how much more we know of you because of how much more we know of love. So I thank you, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen.